This meeting is being recorded. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Um, is that um, is that Moby? Yeah. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Tom McCaffrey, LA2B. I'm here with Eric B. Um, please rate and review this podcast, subscribe, and join our Patreon for bonus content and all that stuff. So, um, what did you what, what what compelled you to use that song? That isn't that from the Born Identity? Yeah, uh, I like that song. It also has a long intro, so it's good for starting a podcast with. I always look things for long intros, so you have the music. Yeah, you understand? It's like a like music. You know what I'm saying? Like music. Yeah. So what? Um. <laughs> yeah. So what? So what's going on? Is is there anything? Um, it's Labor Day weekend, or just ended Labor Day weekend. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, is there some big stuff? Oh, right, this is one thing I want to talk about. So have you? Have you been hearing me? I'm sure you have that movie, that Olivia Wilde movie. Yeah, she's um, she hooked up with someone in that movie. Harry Styles. Right, Harry Styles, right. She's actually, uh, she's a good director because she did that movie Booksmart, which I, I really thought was a good movie. Did you see that movie? Yeah, like, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't love it, but it, it, it's fine. It's good. It was like a female super bad, really. Yeah, that's why. That's kind of what I didn't like about it. It was sort of like wow. not very, I mean, it was good, but it was just kind of like right down to the casting. It was like female super bad. It was just Jonah Hill's sister. Sister. Yeah, um, which I don't think it's really that funny, but I mean, I thought it was good. But this movie looks good, but it's getting all this um, pre-publicity that's controversial, and you know, like, but it's but that can only help it at this point, right? Right. So I mean, this stuff has been going on forever. Like I remember, remember there was, <clears throat> it was like twenty years ago, a good movie called Proof of Life. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Yeah, with um, Russell Crowe Russell and, Crow and, and, and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. And I think they had an affair and it kind of fucked up their uh, Meg Ryan was with Dennis Quaid, maybe. And then uh, yeah. gave publicity to the movie, you know? So it's like, I feel yeah, like the, the PR people just leaked this shit out. It's happened in a bunch of other movies. That's just one I could think of right now. Yeah. So um, it just, uh, I don't know what, what you've heard of. So basically one of the things is Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be the star of it. He was mm-hmm. the star of it. And then she said she fired him because he was like being, you know, he's, I guess that guy's crazy and he's yeah. always like a thing people. And um, that guy's had like nine comebacks. I know. Um, so she said she fired him because she was wanted to make the guy, the chick Florence Pugh feel safe. But then Shia LaBeouf released like a FaceTime message she sent saying like kind of asking him to stay on the movie. Oh. Um, so she didn't really fire him. She, you know, he quit and then she kind of tried to spin it. And then I guess she she was married to Sudeikis, right? Yeah, and, and he she like cheated on him. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. I read she served he served her divorce papers like while she was doing something like at work, where everyone like saw. she was performing or something. And yeah. then, but she got all like in an uproar and you know was so angry. But she cheated on him with Harry Styles during this movie, right? So so that's so what they're saying. Yeah, she did. And then that's what they say. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been pretty confirmed. Okay. Um, it's not. And she hasn't even really denied it. And then um, that's why Florence Pugh, I guess, hate, got mad at her because she was like, didn't approve of it. And, you know, like we said, it was it was hurting her interaction with um, Harry Styles. I mean, I know, all this stuff's just kind of like stupid drama. I, and I feel uh-huh. like... Um, you know, I it can only do it can't do anything except help the movie because 
it's so hard to get people to like pay attention to movies anymore. So yeah. it's sort of like, all right. Like, does that make you want to, when you, when things like this happen, do you want to see the movie more? No. Do you care? I mean, I think she's a good director, so maybe, but not, doesn't make me want to see it more or less. You know, I did watch yeah. finally uh, on uh Peacock. Cause I'm one of the three people at Peacock. Um, yeah. They had the, the last Jurassic park movie on there. And, uh, that movie made like a billion dollars. Every time they make that movie, it makes a billion dollars. But it's like, was it Jurassic World two or something? Jurassic World three, and then they brought back all the people from the original Jurassic Park. And it's like, yeah, you you don't you don't really like, why is why is this movie being made? But it just made to print a million billion dollars. That's basically it, because they just all uh, do well. Because yeah. it's not about the people in the movie; it's about the fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say, so I just watched something this weekend. It was about, it was, I guess it was on Discovery. It's a documentary about that guy, Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. Do you know, you, so it's all about how he, remember he got in trouble for... Um, he eats people, right? Yeah, he was like a cannibal and he was doing like CSM <laughs> and yeah. you know, all these movies that he like, you know, tied them up and like raped them and stuff. So they, they go through his whole family. I guess he, he comes from this family that's really wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think it, they, like, they invented the shopping mall or some bullshit like that. It was something like petroleum oil. Oh, okay. Or something. So they they were saying how like his great grandfather was abusive to him. So they all had this weird fetish for um, hitting women, you know, for like violent sex and stuff. So they're saying how it's kind of like you know, you know, passed down from generation to generation, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you know, so he grew up super rich and it's, it's kind of like succession. And um, yeah. But how is yeah, that he, passed down by generation for generation? Like when is your parents ever said, Hey, listen, I want you to have something. Uh, when you're banging a woman, just beat her up. That's my gift to you. Is that how the, how it happens? Well, I think it's like, they meant like, it was like they predisposed to it, like oh, genetically. Okay. But um, I think, you know, also, you know, when you grow up with this privilege and, you know, you can get away with anything you want. Yeah. And I guess if you're if the only example you're you're given by your, you know, your parents or your grandparents or people in your family is that you're abusing. You know, it's the whole thing where they okay. get a divorce and then they start having they're doing a lot of drugs and there's okay. like 17 year old girls around and they're all trying to, you know, and it's all these like scummy, rich, old dudes and they're just it's like epstein and they're really old they show yeah. they're like disgusting old guys and then um i don't know it kind of makes sense that he would he would be like that because you know he was this really good looking rich guy yeah he's yeah. like Amer- he likes like american psycho that dude in real life you know yeah and i he's one of the only ones that i've seen that i'm like oh he's done he's never coming back because he um the, the, it's it's really weird too how stupid he was because you know with he, there's all these messages they have on instagram the women save that are like i want to eat you i want to like take your rib and, and take it out and eat it and it's like <laughs> but why would you send that on instagram you know what I, mean? like, I didn't even send that on instagram i said you know nothing I mean? yeah so imagine if you were like some huge superstar and um yeah, so um can you wait can you stop for a second? I have to email this guy. Okay. Okay. This meeting is being recorded. Okay. All right. So, all right, ready? All right. Uh well, well, well all right, cool. Uh, I guess all right, so you know, we have a guest coming on. Um we have a very special guest. Yeah. Uh, he's big the, guest, uh, huge. 
he's an American yeah. screenwriter. Yeah. He's he be a comedian. Um, cool. And uh, he's, he just, uh, a movie that he wrote just came out on Netflix called Day Shift with uh, Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, and Dave Franco. Give it up for our guest, Tyler Tice. Yeah. All right. What's happening? How What's up, doing? man? How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Sorry for the all the. Uh, I guess you're having some uh, issues getting on. Yeah. Well, I thought I was. Uh, I had to like download uh, Zoom on my phone real quick because I didn't realize you were going to send it to my Instagram and it wasn't uh, downloading. And then I tried to log in on my computer. It was, it was a mess. Yeah, so so I'm glad to. So much stuff. Well, glad glad we finally got yeah. through it. Um, so glad to have you. I, I, I was a big fan of the movie. I really liked oh, that thank movie. You. I appreciate yeah. That. Yeah, we both really liked the movie. Um, I want to get into that because I'm I'm really. I'm really into horror movies and I'm into uh, vampire movies, some of them. Yeah. Um, but so you, um, you're from, you're from New Jersey, right? Yes. And did you do, you did stand up for a little while. For a little while. Yeah. All right. And two things, two things I got to one, where from, where in New Jersey are you from? A town called Flemington. Flemington? Central Jersey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, are you, <laughs> are you, are you familiar with that there? <laughs> it's like, so I did. It's like central Jersey. I lived in Jersey for a while, so yeah. I know that's like central. And uh, did you do stand up in New York, though? Yeah, I did. I started off in, in New Jersey. I actually uh, started at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Where, that, where that is. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it for a little while. And then I moved to New York and I didn't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> so, I just, so I just stopped. Wait, so how long? So we met in New York when you were doing yeah. comedy, right? Yeah, I used to go to all your shows. I was a big fan. Thank so, you. Wow. It was like, I remember, like 2007, 2008 era. I don't know. I remember listening to the Invite Them Up CD, and you were my, uh, you're like one of the only people I liked on it. So wow, that's cool. Big. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I said too. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what was it? I actually remember specifically. I think it was in MySpace days. I think you messaged me, and about a specific joke, and I think it was the joke about. Um, I think it was eat, when about you, eat, uh, toss, toss salads, prison toss salads or something like that. That might be it. That That's it. I think that's yeah. exactly it. Wait, okay, what's so the joke? That. Well, first of all, I kind of cut some flack with it because it's it's about toss the term toss salad. Which we're I, don't, like, I, don't, I feel like people don't say that anymore. I, I feel like mm-hmm. eating, eating ass has become so mainstream. You don't uh, <laughs> you know. You know too, it was at a time where eating ass was kind of considered not a, a pleasurable <laughs> thing. It was almost a thing you were forced to do in prison <laughs> people. So now that's it's not even a term but anyway i i said i would my joke was just i won't do the whole thing but it was like who who came up with that name that's not an accurate name to describe that like like salad you're tossing a salad that you have some you're tying up someone's ass so that yeah. but the problem was chris rock kind of put that that term existed chris rock just talked about it and then uh, people went to toss salad people were like, you stole it. Like on the internet, people were like, you stole that verbatim from Chris Rock. And I was like, like, okay, I I think you can still talk about things. Um, (laughs) He doesn't own the subject. But what was it about stand-up? Did you realize early on you just didn't like stand-up? Yeah, I... I, uh... I don't know. Like, I I started screenwriting before I ever did stand-up. And, uh... But I, I just, uh... I just like writing and, and performing and getting people to actually like see my writing and be like, Hey, I can actually, I'm actually kind of good at this. 
Mm-hmm. And then it just, I feel like I, I, I liked it in Jersey and then I moved to New York and it was like a whole different, mm-hmm. whole different vibe. You go to these, the, the open mics there and just everybody was angry and they wouldn't laugh at your jokes. And there was like, so it was so clicky and I was never in the click. You know what I mean? And, right. and then, and, and then I remember one day I was riding my bike. It was, it was, it was like midnight and I rode past the comedy store and I saw a comedian who I really you know a big comedian i really loved he was outside smoking a cigarette in the rain and just looked so sad and i'm just like that guy's <laughs> huge that guy is like one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world and uh, and that's what you can aspire to right. and i never, you did, I never did stand up again what can you say who that was i i yeah i mean i guess so i don't want to trash him because he's probably <clears> having <throat> a good night he probably just had a good set he was smoking a butt but to me it just looks so sad carrot uh, top was it carrot top no it was it was david tell i i don't know oh yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. And, uh, <laughs> I just, I just saw it. I'm like, oh my god, that, that. Uh, so I'm like, I'm not doing. I'm yeah. Done. I mean, if you ever see him, he's outside the cellar a lot. He basically always looks like that. He's yeah, just, I, and that's what I figured. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not trashing the guy. I still yeah. love him, but it's just uh, no, just no. That him. is a thing. That is a very like. That's a thing with stand. I I remember having that realization. I would see people who like were way more successful than me, and they just looked their lives didn't look appealing to me. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. this is what this guy's doing so much better than I am. And it and like how awful. many years for like 20 years, he had to like grind and, and, mm-hmm. and to, I don't know. <laughs> so what, um, so you were writing, so you always kind of wanted to be a screenwriter. Yeah. I was a film major in college and I, I took screenwriting classes there. And I always, uh, I always was much better with the screenwriting than I was with the, the filmmaking aspect of it. And I, I just always kind of wrote. I wrote. I wrote. I wrote part of a novel. I wrote short stories. The stand-up was just writing, you know. So can you like? Can you kind of like tell people what it's like to be an aspiring screenwriter? It's very frustrating, right? Yeah, that you gotta like, you gotta be poor for like twenty fucking years. You yeah, know? you have to you work some other job and not have a social life because you're you spend all your free time writing. Yeah, but pretty much stand-up comedy is basically the same thing. I think it's the same thing. The only thing is I can do it alone. I can sit in my my house and do it at any time. I don't have to schlep out to a fucking open mic and good point. Right. You don't need to go, you don't need to gather around nine people not listening to what you're doing. (laughs) Um, so what um and you you're really into horror, right? Yeah, horror, yeah, horror-ish stuff. I always say I write horror-ish screenplays. I don't see I don't think I would ever write like a slasher. You was know. that something that you did you make a decision at one point like I should maybe like focus on the horror genre because I always hear when they always talk about if you want to make money as an or like a you know someone who's getting into filmmaking that horror is a good genre because you can make money from it with not a lot of money yeah like not a budget and it also has a built-in audience and, and like I, I don't know it it can be bad and still get made as <laughs> yes I'm sure you've can seen you- can you tell us, like, did you have any huge heartbreak in screenwriting where, like, maybe you got really close to something and then it just felt? Because I feel like that's the story of, like, everyone's showbiz story. Usually. Well, yeah, because what was it in 2000, um, 2014? I won this competition and through winning the competition, I got on the blood list. I don't know which, if you know what that is. It's like the blacklist, but for dark. Yeah, I know the blacklist. So, so I, I won this competition. I got on this 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 list and this was Halloween 2014. <laughs> And it was like for like three days, it was like they were just contacting me. This person wants to read your script. This person wants to read your script. All these people are excited. I met with one manager and then it just died. And just I haven't heard. I heard nothing. What was that script? 
it was called the ostrich farm <laughs> it was like kind of it was like a it was like about drugs that make you go insane it was like kind of like a an alternate reality where Ooh. it was kind of like uh fucking a scanner darkly meets pulp fiction in a small wow. town in jersey Oh, I want to see that movie. But it, it was a it was a wacky script, so I, I I don't I don't no one would ever make it. So I'm assuming that's why I never got got anywhere with it. It just was good enough to win a competition. And so, what is that's basically? Oh, so you lived in LA for a little while? Right? Yeah, I lived out there for six years. All right, so and where, the funny thing is, where where are you where are you now? By the way, I'm in Florida. Oh, okay. Fernandina Beach, just north of Jacksonville. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Did you, what was, was LA? I mean, you, I'm, I, I assume you kind of went through the whole grind of LA. Kind of. I mean, I moved out there originally with a writing partner and we were, we were comedy writing partners and it just kind of faded out. Having a partner sucks. <laughs> you got to kind of like, you got to kind of make time. You're both out there like, working odd jobs to try and live and then you kind of got to make time for each other to meet up with each other and write these scripts and we eventually just burned out and he went his own way and i went mine he actually ended up writing for hawaii Five O, and i was out in la for years i got married i had a kid and i was done i i was i was done i i was i'm like i'm moving back to new jersey i'm going back to school I fucking right before I left is when I actually came up with the idea for day shift. I was came up with it on my padded balcony in the valley, just smoking weed one night after I put my son to bed, came up with the idea, moved back to New Jersey, moved into my dad's house with my wife and my son and my dog. And I was just had a lot of time. I went back to school. I went to community college. My wife was working days. I was going to school at night. My son was sleeping a lot. So I just I was like, I'm going to write that vampire script. I wrote it and I entered it in every competition I could. And I won slam dance. Wow. That, that's how it all got rolling. So from New Jersey, so, too, after being in L.A. for like seven years. Um, I, I, I just have one question. So now you're kind of like a Hollywood writer or whatever, but you don't have to be in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. Okay. And I, you know, what? before the pandemic hit, I was out in that because I didn't know where to go. I was staying with my dad at my dad's house, the house I grew up in. I had more kids. I had a pregnant wife. And I was just waiting to get paid for day shift. And I was actually going to go back to L.A. And even my manager, my agent is like, you don't have to be here. And honestly, like I pay a lot less money to live in Florida and I do all my meetings on Zoom like I would have done for the last two years anyway throughout the pandemic. And I just fly to L.A. when I have to. So does this feel so first of all, what was what was the impetus when you thought of it, you know, just like on your, in your backyard or on your, your balcony, what, um, was there something that happened that sparked or just kind of came yeah. out of nowhere? I watched the, um, the, uh, what we do in the shadows movie. Mm. And, uh, there was a vampire hunter character in it. He was just brief, but that kind of like sparked my interest. I was like, I always loved like the fucking trope of the vampire hunter, mm. but like, it's like, what, 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 what drives him? You know, the, the, it's always like, you know, it's always like, a 
like a birthright or like something, you know, something, something like more supernatural. And I was like, what if it's just money? What if these guys are like <laughs> Terminator? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I, I was living in the Valley at the time and the Valley is a weird fucking place. Cause I was out in LA, I lived in Silver Lake and then I had my kid and I was like, well, I got to move to the Valley. Cause that's, you know, I, I'm a child of the eighties. You know, I, I thought it was going to be like the Valley from, from ET or fast times at Ridgemont high. And you get to the Valley and it's not that anymore. It's changed so yeah. much. And I was like, this is a weird fucking place. So I'm going to make it take place here. I And if there was anywhere where I could actually see pe- uh, people being vampire hunters for day jobs, it would be in the Valley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or in LA somewhere. But so that's an interesting. So I want to talk about that. So you talk, you said you like the, uh, like the, the vampire hunter kind of in pop culture, that trope, yeah. like there are, so what are your favorite? Cause I feel like the ones that are, you know, they're usually like, uh, like Buffy where she yeah. kind of, um, she kind of is born with it or something isn't it yeah. sort of like she's yeah she's the chosen one she comes she comes into it when she's a teenager like the the creepy right. old british dude just shows up at her high school <laughs> and then can you who are your favorite ones i would say like the frog brothers frog brothers of course know. yeah and there's uh, a peter vincent from fright night who's kind of like the uh, uh I love that. that's kind of like the stereotypical vampire hunter um, uh if you had to pick did you like uh, what did you like the original or the the remake of Fright Night? Or oh, both? the original, yeah, original, of course. I think you I've only what? seen the remake like once. I saw I saw a thing recently where they were like it was ten movies, ten remakes that are better than the original, and they said Fright Night, and it blew my mind. No. I was like, who? I saw the Fright Night remake. I thought, did you see it, Eric? I thought it was awful. Yeah, now the original had Chris Sarandon, and I thought he was great in it. I think the reboot has had a uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the original the had Amanda Burst from uh, Marcy Darcy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Amanda Burst. <laughs> I think William Ragsdale. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, who's the guy from Herman's Head? What's his name? He was the main. That's character. William Ragsdale. That's yeah. William Ragsdale. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, you know, I don't know if you knew. And Stephen Jeffries, uh, Evil Ed. The Evil Ed, and he was also he played like the same character in Nine Seven Six Evil. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> no. He plays like the same fucking character. <laughs> no, but I do. Did you know that he ended up doing a gay porn? Oh, well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it was more yeah. terrifying than Fright Night. <laughs> yeah. Fright Night um, themed gay porn. <laughs> but uh, so what? Um, so how did it? So you had that idea and you wrote it. And then so how long from the when you, you thought of it to you wrote it until one slam dance, like years? No, like one year. I wrote it. I came up with it in like 2016, like right before, <clears throat> right before I moved back home in, to New Jersey in October 2016. So I came up with it right before then. I moved back home, probably started writing it like a month or so after that. It only took me a couple of months to write. And then I just entered it in every competition and I won slam dance in two October of 2017. Did you get into other competitions too? Or I placed in a few of them, but I didn't win. Slam dance, I won because <clears throat> it's weird. Like slam dance will have and the good thing about like, like writing horror is when you join these competitions, there's always a separate horror competition. And so if you write anything that kind of smells like horror, you can put it in there. And it's a whole even if it's competition. horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you put it in there and that's like a whole separate competition. So I won that and I, I thought, I thought, you know what, I'll go to slam dance and I'll probably win that horror competition. I mean, it's a pretty good script. I won the yeah. horror competition and then he announced the, the the winner of the whole thing. And it was me. There's a videotape of me. Like what? I just go, Holy shit. And Wait, so, you won so the whole thing, not just horror. You won, yeah, the, won the whole grand, the grand prize. Cause there's all these different categories. There's like horror yeah. pilot feature short. 
And then all those compete against each other. And then I won the whole thing. And what happened after that? Like, did that open up just a whole new world well, of opportunities? Not really. That's a funny thing. Cause the guy who runs slam dance is this guy, Peter Baxter. And he, he, he tells the story. He's like, I kept trying to get you representation and I just couldn't get you representation. And he really liked the script. And he's like, he's like, I could either make this on a really small budget or a really big budget. So he called me up one day and this was like two weeks after I won. He goes, I want to option your script. Wow. I feel like I could do something with it. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything else with it. So he optioned it for a thousand dollars and he would call me like every couple of weeks with like an update, like directors they went to, uh, what's happening with it. And it wasn't until he brought it to, um, he brought it to impossible dream. It's, uh, uh, Sean Reddick and Yvette Yates. They're married. They made like a get out and black Klansmen. They're, they're producers. And he, really? I think the wife at Yvette Yates read it. It was like in a pile, like, cause he brought it to them. Cause they came from slam dance too. And it was in a pile and she read it and they had the idea to make it a bigger budget movie. Cause yeah. it was really like it, the original screenplay was a lot different from what you saw on the, on the screen. Yeah. No, I, I, I see it. Yeah, I see it online. They said it was a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, this one That's they thought they could make it for like under like scenes like like the scene with the Navarian brothers where they go in a house and it's like a hundred vampires. In the original script, that was three vampires. And like uh, these guys were like more like exterminators. Like the scene in the beginning with the uh, old lady, like he doesn't go in there and fight her. He goes in there and fucking brutalizes her and just like stakes her because that it's just more of like that's their job. It's more yeah, like, I have a question. Yeah. like so like in those kinds of scenes that are really long fighting scenes. Do you just kind of write like a fight takes place here and do they yeah. kind of just go crazy with it or kind of? Well, it's like because they what happened next is they brought JJ Perry. They were at actually like a birthday party. They were at their daughter's friend's birthday party and JJ was there with his daughter and they knew JJ wanted to direct like he was a stuntman. He was looking to direct. So they pitched it to him and he loved it. And so he wanted to come aboard as a director. And that's when he would start calling me. And be like, I need more action. I need more action mm -hmm. in this scene, this scene, this scene. But like, you know, these guys, they, they do their own thing. So you kind of like, you kind of go in more specific to like a big fight scene. And then it's just general. Like you're like, the Nassarian brothers kick ass. Like, <laughs> you know? And if there's like one specific thing you need to talk about, that's like a, a, a joke or a gag or something, like you'll, you'll put it in there and then you'll kind of like shift back to the more general. You know what I liked um, uh, with the vampires in the movie where they were like, arched over on their back like they yeah. were kind of well i think i first saw that in like in the exorcist or something like that where they're like uh i thought that was pretty cool how they were that doing was all that. JJ. he knew he had the idea of getting all these uh contortionists i guess they're all out of work because of the pandemic oh, so it was so they were like, really doing it and everything yeah they were really contortionists wow. yeah there's one really cool move where he's about to shoot who shoot her and she just go she does that thing backwards yeah you know, like just this um so so what? So when when it started, to, how quickly did it kind of gain steam? Where they were like, like, did they get once you had uh, the director interested? That's when it kind of gained steam. Like actors, like when did like Jamie Fox and Snoop Dogg get involved? Well, they came on at the very end. I mean, they it's like after JJ came on, that was like I don't know, a good six seven months. He would be out. He was like in um the UK filming the new uh, Fast and Furious movie because he does all the second unit action shit. Oh, and okay. he would call me up at five in the morning and he'd be like, uh, bro, we need a car chase. I sent you a bunch of videos, work a car chase in or, you know, certain elements. And then once we got it to the point where it was like action packed, that's when we went to Chad Stahelski, who made all the John Wick movies, because him and right. JJ came up together. And he's JJ's just kind of like following his lead because he was a stuntman, too. Then went into directing and JJ was just kind of like following his lead. And so we went to Chad Stahelski and he loved it. 
And so he called me up and he had these other ideas about making the, he was all about making the union bigger and stuff like this. But once he came aboard, that's when it kind of like everybody wanted in. Yeah. I like that union stuff in there. That was, that was really, I mean, it was, it was in the original script. It's just like his, every, like every draft I did, he was like more union, more union, make it bigger. So here's the reason I just want to say why I like vampire movies, because they've made so many of them. Right. But so to, it seems like they get more original every time. There's always like a new angle. Yeah. I can think of so many things have been done that when you make a, you make them now, you have to do something to make it stand out. And I thought yours really did that. Appreciate There's that. a few movies I've seen. There's one movie. You ever see this movie Daybreakers with Ethan no. Hawke? No, oh. I've never seen that. Oh, that's a that's another one where I just it comes to mind where it's like the whole world is vampires at this point, yeah. and so they're running out of blood, so they have to make synthetic blood. It's just a different like kind of angle but i think that's why i like those movies i was were you inspired at all by did you ever see the movie the frighteners uh the one with michael j fox yeah yeah (laughs) the peter j i I don't know i haven't seen in probably 20 years because he kind of it's sort of like he um he he kind of like gets rid of ghosts for houses but it's kind of like he's sort of just like a working he's almost just like a a janitor or something Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but if you um what were do you have like a favorite vampire movie or like what are your what are your I'm really into horror movies. Yeah. What are you're you're into that genre, right? Oh yeah, um, of course. What's one like are there are there some that like really inspired you? Young I mean, or, Lost Boys, of course, is mm-hmm. probably my favorite. Um, I, I let the right one in. I think is a really good vampire movie. I don't know. Um, I, I really they like two it. of those, right? They did. There was an American one and, and a Swedish one. The Swedish was yeah, the original. Yeah. The, the the American one was called like Let Me In. I think. Yeah. Um, I really love the first season of True Blood just mainly for uh, the vampire stuff. I've, I started watching it recently because I, I have better memories of it than I think it is, but their vampire shit is on point. Like their whole mythology, I think is fucking awesome. I just think they shouldn't have branched out into the other like, like creatures. They should have just stuck with vampires. Mm. But did you ever see um, near dark? Yes. I love near dark. I watched it. Re- they're doing a. They want to do a remake of that. So they. I went in for a meeting for that. Oh wow. Oh really? Yeah. Are you now getting like like a lot of offers for to do work on vampire scripts? <laughs> no, not not as many as I thought. I haven't got one offer on a vampire script. Most mostly the things that people reach out to me for is remaking old shit. Mm. Like uh, that's pretty much everything they're doing now. The, I heard um, they're remaking. I heard they're about to remake Day Shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Hey, you working?" Um, I so, hope they do. It's gonna be with the Keenan Ivory Waynes and Dr. Dre acting. That's what. Um, so what? Um, can I? So how? I know you. I have so one more vampire-related question. Okay, that, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. please. Because one of the other things I like about vampire movies is there's rules for vampires, but they seem to change a little bit in the movies. Yeah. And in your movie. They could go out during the day as long as they were covered up, basically. Well, like the mythology, I had like a pretty like pretty like uh, straightforward mythology originally. I actually I remember when Chad came aboard, I wrote like a whole fuck. He wanted me to like write like a whole like summary of what the mythology is and everything, and it changed a lot over time. Right. But at one point, it was uh, there's a sunscreen, and they they have this sunscreen, mm-hmm. and the sunscreen's bad in like 40 countries. It's made from the shell of the desert tortoise. It's like the craziest sunscreen, and they get their hands on that. And if they wear that, they can go outside for like 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like originally, yeah. like the, my vampires, they didn't burst into flames. It was just like they would start to blister. It was like more of a 
Ooh. I had more of like an, an organic take on vampires, more of a scientific take. Like, uh, yeah, because you know the, right. the the Twilight movies, right? Yeah, like they go out because they live in a town where it's never sunny, so they just all hang out during the day because it's cloudy. Yeah, because they're shiny, <laughs> <laughs> they're sparkly. All right, so that was my um, last vampire question. I was just gonna ask. So, what was it? I, you know, I know you know working in you know th- that industry and stuff like you you know you'll have you'll write something and then a bunch of people come in and they're like, hey, let's do this and let's do that. How similar is it from what you wrote to what ended up on the screen? I it's pretty similar. Um, from the first three quarters of it, or you know, it's my world, it's my characters. They're, they kind of serve different purposes. Like in my original script, Seth was an up and coming vampire hunter that was training. So he was like underneath uh, uh, Bud and he was just kind of bringing him around and showing him. Uh, so, so certain things like that change, but the end is totally different. And, uh, you know, the dialogue is different. I think most of the dialogue that ended up in the final cut was, was improv by Fox and, uh, and, and uh, Franco. Franco. Um, were you... Um... Were you, were you, uh, so the, the guy who's, who's credited with you, you know, it's a screenplay by who was yeah. that? That's was that Shay the guy who worked on John Wick? Yeah. He worked on John Wick. He wrote those army of the dead movies. Uh, he's writing something else. He's a big, he's writes for Zack Snyder now. And I don't know. He's probably got was a billion that, dollars. Like, I made so much more money than I did on, mm-hmm. on day. Shift. Was that, um, what was that like collaborating with? We don't, with we never met until the premiere that, I, I wrote oh. my script. I They bought the, the original script. I went into Netflix. I did a few rewrites for them. And then they bring on the other guy. And I think there were actually three other writers that weren't credited that they brought on. Oh, okay. Was so there um was there also a time where, because um, this happens a lot. I know you, you know, I'm sure you know, it's like when you, even when you get someone interested in your project and they're like, we're going to do it most of the time, it doesn't, it stops somewhere. So were yeah, there a that's lot what of I hear. Where you, like, were there times where they're like, that's ah, not going to happen. Or was it just on the fast track? No, it was actually on the fast track. I remember when I went to my first meeting at Netflix and the guy there, the, the, the exec was like, he's like, this never goes this fast. He's like, I just want to let you know. He's like, I know this is your first script, but he's like, he's like, we're fast tracking this. He's like, it'll never go this fast. So was it surreal? Is it surreal now or was it yeah. surreal the whole time? Yeah, or? the whole time. I mean, it's it's very surreal. It, it, it goes slowly. So, you know, you kind of have used time to get used to it as it goes. But, you know, it, it's like, like when uh, you're at the premiere, Jamie Foxx and, and are like and they're saying your lines. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. And like you're at that when I'm at the premiere, we're, we're went to an after party. And, you know, there's Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg and all their entourages. And there's a, a pool in the middle and it says day shift in the pool. They had like a day shift thing floating in it. Wow. And it's like, you know, I remember when I came up with that, that the title of it and how I came up with it and stuff. And now now this whole party is about that fucking thing that I came nice. up with all my my balcony in the San Fernando Valley was. um So, I mean, it must be very like uh, a affir- reaffirming and kind of like uh, it's nice. Yeah, it took. It took a long time. I'm 43 years old. So. Hey, man, that's, you know, most people like never get this ever. Yeah. So it's kind of an insane. Um, did you, you uh, did, with, did you know it was originally Netflix 
it was in the theaters a little bit or not really? I don't think it was. Yeah. I went and saw it at the premiere in the theater, but I don't know if it was ever in the theater. I think yeah. the only reason they put it in the theater is for award season. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if this is the real uh, their prestige <laughs> picture to get all the awards this year. Yeah. But me and Tom well, talk about this all the time and it doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, yeah. it's the days of the theaters. Yeah. Think, but even big movies now, like I just saw the new Jurassic Park on Peacock. And it was in the movies like a few weeks ago. It doesn't yeah. really matter anymore. More it's people crazy. are going to see it on streaming, you know? It's crazy how fast. Like, I can remember being a kid and the movie would go out of the movie theater and you wait like six months till it came out on VHS. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, was just watch, I was just watching HBO and Elvis is on HBO mm-hmm. just yeah. on the, the guide. That's insane. I mean, you're a little younger than me, but it's like, you remember, yeah, it was a huge... I remember when I was really little, a movie would take like over a year to be on cable maybe yeah oh yeah yeah and then um, even longer to be it would be it'd have its network premiere and it'd be a fucking event they would get, <laughs> you <know>? so <laughs> like when you said we like, splash is the disney sunday movie and everyone reported <laughs> it oh yeah yeah what um so you, you said you were kind of like done at one point so was this yeah. kind of like a thing where you were just like whatever i'm gonna was this kind of almost like a last yeah it's my last ish effort because yeah i never wanted to write a vamp i always love vampire mo- movies but i was like i can't write a vampire movie it's so oversaturated and i was like can i ask you why do you why do you think that can you even put your finger on why do you think this was the one that people were just like yes we're doing this is it because it was a comedy and vampires it's like a, a popular like you know, genre of horror, or yeah, I think it was just a new take on vampires. Like you were saying, it's just it was just a different take. People love vampires, and no matter what, no, no matter how many times people think there there's too many vampire movies, we're oversaturated. They just keep making them, and people keep watching them. Do you think you'll write? A, or have they been like, hey, you have to write another one? Like a I would, I would not yet. I would love to. I've heard a lot um, of chatter on uh, Twitter about a Nazarian Brothers spinoff. That'd be cool too. Oh yeah, those two. Uh, those were the the other guys, right? Yeah, the Armenian guys that yeah. showed up. With them. The guy from Shameless, right? Yeah, was, yeah. 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 So has this um, has this opened up a lot for you, like uh, in terms of now? Are you are you kind of like a hot like writer now and in, in the screenwriting? I I thought I would be hotter, but I've gotten a couple calls <laughs> post day shift coming out, but it's just kind of the same thing. You know, I got I have I have an agent, I have a manager. I'm just cranking at trying to crank out stuff are you are you writing something now yeah i'm writing a few different things are you like you want to do horror uh yeah horror-ish stuff horror you know i like horror comedy horror crime what is what are are some of your favorite what do you think are some of the best what do you think of the state of horror right now like what it is now do you think it's in a good place i don't know i i I think it is i'm trying to think what's the last good horror movie i watched and i really can't so (laughs) Did you see? This isn't really horror, but um, like Nope, it's not really no, horror. I didn't, I didn't see Nope. I I have four kids, so it's hard for me to to get out of the house and go see movies. And even uh, when I do watch them, it takes like two nights. That's um, a horror movie in itself. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of Pixar stuff though lately. <laughs> Mostly YouTube videos they watch. Oh really? I don't think they have the attention anymore to watch a whole movie. We went. We actually <laughs> went to. Um, Went to the movie theater two days ago. It was like it was like family day, so it was three dollar tickets, and we brought all the kids to see that DC Pets movie. It was a fucking disaster. I'm like chasing one of them up and down the hallways, the rest of them <laughs> screaming, someone lost their shoe. I'm never. Yeah. Well, I think what it is like I'm really into horror movies, but I feel like a lot of them are very like formulaic and not surprising, and they they're, they're not very original. I feel like a lot of the movies 
that I've watched that are like scary to me or like not necessarily horror filmmakers, but like like Kubrick or Tarantino, yeah. they kind of scare me. But like I mean, that's why I say horror. Yeah, it's like the it's like I said, I'd never write a slasher. It's that I like. I don't know. There's not you don't find any horrors that horror movies anymore. That's like it, that are really scary, like that real sense of dread. It's like mm-hmm. all jump scares or, right. you know, yeah, I, want, right. I want something to go, where I go to sleep and I, I fucking can't sleep because I'm thinking about it all night. <laughs> I think the last movie that I think the last movie that happened with me was um, did you see BAPS? No, I'm no. With, um, that was with <laughs> um, no. Um, was um, hereditary. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of in that same vein. Yes. That cuz yeah. it was like it was like psychologically like I really found myself thinking about that movie for like yeah. days after. Yeah. Now yeah. The, the jump scare that you just brought up, that is like to comedy like what a hacky joke is, right? Yeah. Like like the jump scare is the airplane food joke of horror films. Like <laughs> I, you see the com the horror nerds and they're like, oh, this movie wasn't good. There was too many jump scares. Yeah. I'm not really against them, but I I know yeah, that. Yeah, I don't mind like one or two, but you shouldn't rely on it. I I've, I like um I don't know if you read like a really good like horror novel I feel like that those like kind of fuck you up in your head like a little more and I feel mm-hmm. like like movies should do a better job of doing that more like atmosphere yeah. and just yeah they really they really don't do that they get they get caught up in like it has to be re- that's why I think Jordan Peele was getting close to it but he's like kind of the closest person I, I'm glad that he's become like a a, a very successful kind of horror auteur because he's, yeah, well, he's he can he do whatever he wants now yeah. Um, Tyler, I'm really sorry. I, I actually, I have to leave. I have to wrap this up. I really wish no we could talk longer. Um, but I'm about to, I'm in Long Island. I have to catch this train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, uh, th- thanks so much for doing this. I really Oh yeah, no it. problem. I had fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Congrats on everything. And if you ever want to come on again and like around Halloween and talk about like horror movies or something. Definitely. Keep me, yeah. keep me in the loop. I would, would love, love to have you. Please. Love the movie yeah. though. Was really uh, yeah, we love the movie and uh, continued success. And uh, yeah, congrats on everything. Uh, Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you guys next time on LE2B. Uh, I'm Tom McCaffrey. This is Eric B. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.